Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And you are the listeners. And we are here to fill your ears with nonsense. Yeah. And wrong facts. <laughs> we try not uh, to. <laughs> yeah, I try my best, but uh, fake news slips through sometimes. Usually it's just me thinking people are dead that aren't. Um, let's let's call it funk news. I feel like that's funk news. Yeah, that could be that could be a spinoff of funk radio. It's just like up to date news about a genre that no one listens to anymore. <laughs> I think I think it was our previous episode, or maybe two episodes ago. We did an episode about I guess the mu- the the musical version of the Mandela effect, where hmm. people would think that like say the lyrics to a song were. Like, a lot of people would think the same incorrect thing, or, like, they would think that some musical event happened that didn't, and in in uh, talking about that topic, I mentioned songs where a lot of people attribute the song to a different artist, so it turned out there was enough instances of that that we basically have now made a whole episode about it. So, we're basically just going to talk about songs that a lot of people uh, misinterpret uh, as being sung by someone else, either because it sounds like a, uh, that artist or people associate it with that artist because they were more famous at the time or something like that. Um, I forgot that this is how we came across this topic, but yeah, I, I do remember you mentioning it in that episode. Um, yeah, for me personally, I feel like usually it's the the mistake happens when either two different musical artists generally sound alike or they do in that specific case for that song but like you said sometimes it is you know uh, it, it sounds like someone more notable or more well known but then it ends up being someone that like fewer people have heard of yeah exactly it, it it seems more often than not the song is misattributed to a more famous artist uh whereas the real artist that did the song is what you could kind of consider more of a one-hit wonder so, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a curious thing. I mean, and it, it happens to a lot of artists when I was doing research for this, there was dozens of different like listicles, I guess, mm. online of like, here's 15 different artists that, you know, where you thought that someone else sang the song. Uh, that must be really annoying for the, like, if you put out a song and everyone thinks like, oh, this was somebody else. I was, I was kind of thinking that like, how, how crappy would it be if like, you put a lot of time and effort into a song or an album and because say you know you were kind of a one-hit wonder with like you had one big single around the same time as some other popular band and then everyone just assumed that that band did your song like (laughs) that's gotta be kind of crappy but at the same time then part of me is like you know in a weird backwards way maybe that was their intent not to be misattributed necessarily but to make them sound similar to a popular band so that they get notoriety, mm. you know? Or at least because they know that certain sound or formula works, so exactly. to capitalize on exactly. that, Exactly. Yeah, there's a couple instances of that in here that we'll get to, I'm, I'm presuming. But, uh, so, the first one I wanted to mention was actually kind of the progenesis of this whole idea, and we it was something we mentioned in the previous episode about the Mandela Effect, is... I talked about the song I Swear, which a lot of people misattribute to the 90s R&B group Boys to Men, but it was actually sung by the group All for One. 
I won't go into the whole thing here. You can go listen to the previous episode. We talked more about it in in depth. But essentially, the song came out by All for One around the same time the Boys to Men were, you know, basically topping the R&B charts. So while All for One was uh, pseudo popular in their own right at the time, like people like you know recognized them and and knew the band and they had name recognition, you know, uh, as history progressed. And people started kind of forgetting the eccentricities of 90s R&B music. A lot of people just kind of, I guess, put that in the back of their mind and just associated that song with Boys to Men because they were the most popular group around that era. So, All for One kind of got historically forgotten and usurped by the popularity of Boys to Men, despite the fact, ironically, that All for One, I think to this day is actually still making music, whereas Boys to Man had long broke up. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so I guess we could play a little clip of the song I Swear, and the listeners can tell us if they think this sounds like Boys to Man or not. In the meantime, listeners, we are going to swear. Uh, here's a fun fact. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, uh, but it is on topic. At, at least by name, I always get boys to men and Baja men mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Baja men, those were the guys that sang Who Let the Dogs Out, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh, because they, like, they couldn't be more different. But right. <laughs> this... Speaking of which, you got to help me with this, with this really quick, Peter, because I was having a brain fart. Sure. So I was out, uh, I was out grabbing Pokey at some point, and I heard that '90s song where it goes like, "A little bit of Monica in my life, a little bit of." Oh, who'd um, not remember the name of the artist? That's um, the song, isn't it? Mambo Number no. Five. Yeah, that song by Lou Bega. Thank you. That's who did that. Okay, I haven't heard that thank in a while. you. I know it was like such a blast from the past. I was like, "Oh my god, this song! I forgot about it." I guess on topic of mixing things up, I guess we should clarify to listeners that you were grabbing Pokey. You weren't grabbing Pokemon. I could have been. Uh, what's I that mean, Pokemon Go app? Right. I mean, knowing you, it was you were probably doing both. Exactly. I'm surprised someone hasn't opened, and maybe they do in Japan. I don't know. Someone hasn't opened a Pokemon themed Pokey restaurant. Come on, Mon. It's it's Jamaican. It's it's like a Jamaican Pokey fusion. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> That's wow. terrible. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> that is. If if I ever fail as a funk, uh, what do you call it, DJ, I can open a Jamaican Pokey restaurant. That probably wouldn't be too bad, to be honest. Like Jamaican spices with like Pokey. Hmm. So the next one we have up is. It's one that came up in, a, in, in my research, and while I'm not actually familiar with the band mentioned here, I'm, I've definitely heard this song before, hmm. and I personally always just assumed it was a Daft Punk song, but it's not. Um, so the next song is called Music Sounds Better With You by the band Stardust, and I guess like me, a lot of people think it's by Daft Punk. 
But there's actually a little bit of good reason for this. Is I know we've talked about Daft Punk many times on the show before. It's made up of the duo, the French duo, uh, Thomas Bangalter and Guy Manuel. <laughs> I never get his name right. Guy Manuel de Homan Cristo. And the reason that this song sounds so similar to Daft Punk is that uh, Thomas Bangalter of the duo actually is part of the group Stardust, and he kind of helped produce them. Mm. Um, he was do- he did this. Uh, this group with another guy named Alan Brax and Benjamin Diamond, but they sound similar to Daft Punk because they're partially made up of one half of Daft Punk. Okay, that makes sense. This could probably be considered a bit of a one-hit wonder as well, hmm. but it was really big in the 90s because even back then I wasn't I wasn't really super familiar with Daft Punk in the 90s, but then as I got more familiar with them, I just kind of assumed this song was one of theirs but it is not. Yeah, I mean, sounds very Daft Punk to me. I, the, really, the only thing that might have tipped me off with this is the vocals seem different from yeah most of their Daft Punk songs but I know especially in their later years they did a lot of collaborations so like it easily could have been Daft Punk featuring whoever um very good point but yeah sound wise that's like pretty spot on yeah for sure the, the the backing music is like could easily be of just a sample from a Daft Punk song but you're yeah. right I think the vocals are kind of different enough that your brain's kind of like something's not really Daft Punky here if that's a word yeah. we can it's use. It's fairly subtle, though. It, it, yeah. I think it would have fooled me. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Stardust was kind of an offshoot band, uh, also made up of French dudes. Uh, Tam- Thomas Bangalter of Daft Punk was part of that group, so there is some kind of reasoning behind why people think it sounds like that. But uh, yeah, that was uh, Music Sounds Better With You by Stardust. And what era was this? The 90s, you said? Uh, mid-90s. Let me double check. 1998, oh, okay. so late 90s. So it must have just been a side project for him, because obviously I feel like they were pretty well established by that point. Yeah, because I want to say their 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 album Homework came out in like 97, so it might have just been something he was doing on the side. Yeah. Hmm. Well, listeners, I had uh, an example of songs that um, get mixed up. I, this is I actually probably should have research like do other people make the same mistake i feel like they do um at least some i it's the so this is a personal example for me the song uh gonna make you sweat also known as everybody dance now by cnc music factory historically in my life i have gotten that song mixed up with um the power also known as i've got the power uh by snap um both songs i feel like they have a very similar sound similar genre and they also came out in the same year 1990 yeah that is weird so yeah i guess this is a a, not an example of one song where the artist is misattributed as much as just two songs that i thought were the same song (laughs) yeah um so i guess we'll listen to clips of both back to back um and hopefully listeners will understand that they sound similar (laughs) Mm mm-hmm
You know what I think it is? In both songs, uh, I, the the kind of chorus where he's like, I got the power. And then in uh, in Gonna Make You Sweat, it literally starts with like, everybody dance. I think that kind of break is so similar in both those songs. Yeah. And the way that it's kind of reverbed and the way that it's kind of, it, it separates itself from the rest of the song. It's almost like the song structure is the same. Yeah. And they both have similar sounding, like, female vocals i believe um yeah and i don't think it's the same person in both songs because i think i tried to look that up um mm. but i don't know they they just sound similar to me i guess it does sound super similar now yeah now that i'm playing them back to back that's crazy yeah it's it's definitely one of those where like if i didn't know it i would i mean i I already really didn't know the the artist for these songs, right? But I definitely would have like melded them into like one song in my head. Well, if nothing else, I feel like they would make a pretty like somebody must have made a good mashup of these two songs at some point. Oh, I'm sure they did. But yeah, that's actually a bit of a good tie-in into my next um, my next mention. This is is one where I don't know if I necessarily got the two songs mixed up, mm. but. The two songs sound so similar to me that I assumed that both of them were by the same band, if that makes any oh, sense. Oh, okay. Uh, and that song is the song I Melt With You, where it's performed by Modern English, but for the longest time I thought it was by The Cure. <laughs> um, now, I, I don't think we've ever talked about either band on this podcast before, but mm. both Modern English and The Cure were kind of like uh, new wave bands from like the mid to late 80s. They kind of, The Cure specifically kind of started a whole genre of like, I think the term is like shoegaze music. It's like, it's a very specific genre of music we never really talked about on the show, but it's kind of like, for lack of a better term, it's like emo music, but like pre-emo emo Oh, like music. the predecessor to emo? Yeah. I mean, it's essentially, it's, it's goth music. I don't know if we ever really talked about that. I know the name shoegaze, but I've never like really looked into it in depth. Yeah. Or like what defines but, it and all that. Yeah. But The Cure was kind of like one of the first bands to kind of have start that kind of new new wave style of rock in like the late 80s or the, sorry, the late 70s to early 80s. Um, and then Modern English are more of a more of a one hit wonder band. They also formed around the same time as The Cure, which it probably adds to the confusion. Uh, it says, yeah, they were active from 79 to 87 and The Cure was active from 78 to current day, so hmm. they're still active. Interesting. But the, yeah, the song I Melt With You, I think I figured out the reason that it sounded so similar to me is because it sounds very similar to The Cure's song, Friday I'm In Love. Mm. Uh, so maybe let's do it like we did with yours, where we'll play them back to back, and okay. then I can kind of talk about how they sound similar. So first we'll play I Melt With You by Modern English, and then we'll play Friday I'm In Love by The Cure. I'll stop the world and melt with you You've seen the difference and it's getting better all the time There's nothing you and I won't do I'll stop the world and melt with you Thursday, I don't care about you, it's Friday, 
Yeah, I can totally see a similarity here. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me then. <laughs> yeah, and I think somewhat of a uh, of a theme I've seen here, at least in the last couple examples, has been like once where we we got the things mixed up, like when we were younger. I think probably because just like when you're young enough, at some point you don't really pay close attention to who the artist is as much as just like, oh, I like this song. Mm-hmm. And if you hear two songs that are so stylistically similar, especially in like vocal style, yeah, I think it's easy yeah. to just make the assumption of, oh, this is the same group. Exactly. They, they're both British. They both have that same kind of reverby recording. Yeah. All British people sound the same. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this song for a long time as a kid, I just thought, I always thought I Met With You was a Cure song. And then I found out like, oh no, it's this band called Modern English that kind of was a one hit wonder. I guess you could say knowledge is the cure to that problem. <laughs> it it was for me. I didn't. It's one of those things where like, I should have known that earlier, but I didn't find out until like my twenties mm. or something. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So I guess I'll uh, cover the the last one in our list here. You had written this one down, Kyle, but actually, uh, it's like I had mentioned to you. Uh, before we started the show, is that I yeah this is one I'm definitely familiar with as well. The song, I Always Feel Like Someone's Watching Me by Rockwell. Um, a lot of people have misattributed this song to Michael Jackson. And this is another case where I think like there's good reason for that to be mixed up. One on the top of my head is just the fact that like no one's ever heard of Rockwell. I think he was pretty much a one-hit wonder with this song. Mm-hmm. And even with that said, I don't feel like this is the most well-known song in the world. It's one I like personally, but yeah. Yeah, same here. So according to Rockwell, um, I guess his sister Hazel was married to Michael Jackson's brother, Jermaine. And at the time that this song came out, Michael Jackson was at kind of at the height of his career. And I guess Rockwell knew that he could. I Is, is it that he wanted Michael to be featured on the song or he yeah, just wanted to like emulate him? It sounded like he basically wanted to get Michael to sing on the song to help boost it so that basically he could get a wide release for it. I see. So, like, to ride his coattails, basically. Yeah. The whole thing that confuses me about that, though, is I I think we mentioned that before on the show, is that Rockwell, his stage name, his real name is actually Kenny Gordy, and he's actually the son of Barry Gordy. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's like, if you're the son of the king of Motown you can pretty much get, I mean, as long as you don't suck, you can pretty much guarantee that anything you record will be, you know, published. Maybe it wasn't as much of, I won't get it published as much as I just want it to be a popular song. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, to my knowledge, it's Rockwell who does the vocals on the song though, right? That's the thing that, uh, let me Google this. That's the thing is that it, the chorus uh, of the song is actually Michael Jackson. Oh, it is Michael Jackson. Okay, he's unattributed. Oh, really? That's interesting. Because I mean, it does sound exactly like Michael Jackson, so I guess it makes sense that it would be him. So, but it, I guess the the point of what we're talking about is that even though he's just featured as like the chorus vocalist, people just thought, "Oh, shut up, Kitty." Michael Jackson released the song by himself. Yeah. I'm uh, referencing a Rolling Stone article here, but it says, uh, Becoming a songwriter when you're the son of one of the music industry's most influential record execs is an audacious endeavor. Quote, 
When he found out I was signed to Motown, he called me up one day and said, How did you get signed? How does that happen? What happened? Rockwell recalls. He said, quote, I don't know. I guess they like my music. <laughs> uh, he seemed like he was upset about it. I still to this day don't know what his reservations were for me to be signed. So I guess that's him referencing his father, Barry Gordy. Hmm. Uh, it says, looking back on it now, Rockwell says he never really considered the Gordy name. Using the Gordy name, despite the doors it would open. Quote, I never thought of it that way, but I wanted it, uh, it to be a family affair because Motown has always been a family. My father tried to teach us the love that the yeah. artist even had amongst himself, blah, blah. So yeah, it sounds like he kind of kind of tried to do this on his own and not really like leech off of uh, the power of Barry Gordy to the point that Barry Gordy didn't really even know that he got signed. Huh, so I guess I guess that's kind of that's good at least you know kind of wanting to make his own way I guess. But then he still turned around and got Michael Jackson to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I the, listening to the have we already listened to a clip? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't think we did. <laughs> uh, let's listen to a clip and then I'll finish my thought. The thing I was going to say is that, like, the 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 parts of the song that are not the refrain, so I guess the verses or whatever, mm-hmm. and the vocals there aren't really singing in that point. It's just like, I'm just an average man, people looking at me through the darkness, whatever the hell he says. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's more just, like, spoken word almost, closer to that than actual singing. And yeah. if, that, if that is all we get of Rockwell's vocal performance, it's like, well, it's almost... Like he had to get somebody else to. Yeah, exactly. It's like if that's the extent of his singing abilities, then I guess good luck to him. To be fair, I haven't listened to anything else he's done. I'm not like we said that there's not really much else well known, but maybe he's okay. Um, I just haven't heard it. Oh, that's crazy. I forgot about this. Um, You know that band LMFAO that was popular for like five seconds? In like oh, yeah. the mid two thousands, remember we found out that the 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 head of that band is also Barry Gordy's son. It turns out he's Rockwell's half brother. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So hmm. yeah, that's a whole weird family dynamic there. I know Barry Gordy basically like had baby Gordys all over the place. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I thought this one was interesting to mention. Um, because it's kind of an instance where the person you got to help out on your song was so popular that everyone just assumed it was their song. Yeah. I guess that's one way it could backfire on you as a musician. Because kind of as, as we were joking at the beginning, it's like, well, how are they supposed to feel if everyone thinks it was somebody else? But it, that's almost inevitable if you're not already a well-established person yourself. Yeah. Because now anything exactly. he does... Anything he would try to do after that song wouldn't sound like that original song, so people wouldn't even associate it. And that, I mean, it, it's possible that's one reason why he is a one hit wonder. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I, just, I always thought that was just an interesting, interesting dynamic of like, here's this guy, he wants to, you know, become a famous musician. So he's like, I'm going to enlist the help of literally the most famous musician on earth. 
yeah. to kind of ghost sing my song for me. And then yeah. I'll I'll be surprised when everyone assumes like down the road, like, oh yeah, that was a Michael Jackson song. Well, it's kind of like if, if I released a song and it was, you know, featuring, you know, Pharrell, Pharrell Williams or something. And then, you know, six months later, I released another song and people are like, who the hell is Peter? You know I, mean? <laughs> I don't exactly. know. It's, uh, it, it's almost like you cash in on that one song, but then that kind of is at the expense of the rest of your musical career. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. It's like you kind of shoot yourself in the foot almost in a way. But yeah, that was that was all the examples I I uh, came up with. Like I said, there's plenty more. They're just like, either like, okay, I don't know, I'm not really familiar enough with that song to speak up, speak on it, or I don't really get that song mixed up. I guess maybe other people do. One song that everyone apparently gets mixed up, which I don't understand, is the song "Horse with No Name" by the oh, band yeah. uh, America. Everyone thinks it's Neil Young, and I was like, why? Uh. I can kind of see that. It's a little similar, and they were kind of both popular at that same time of, like, you know, early 70s kind of folk rock. Yeah. I mean, they don't sound exactly the same, but for someone who only is vaguely aware of both, I could kind of see that happening. That's my thought process. It's like, okay, obviously whoever thinks this is not familiar with either person or group. This is one of those topics where I know as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to think of, like, two or three other good examples and it'll be like, oh crap. Um, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that, I mean, if you exist and you have a brain and you listen to music, it's bound to happen. For sure, for sure. But that's why there's part two. Uh, True. If we <laughs> come up with enough other ideas, we can always revisit this topic. But yeah, so that was like, what, like five different songs that I guess people get mixed up. Yeah. Um, if you listeners have any other examples that you can think of of songs that you get mixed up or that you think that presumably a lot of other people get mixed up or they think it's one artist as opposed to another or like with Peter's example where there's two songs that sound so similar you kind of just mix them together in your head and think it's one song. Yeah. Um, you can let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. We're also pretty much wherever you're listening to this right now. Uh, so Spotify, <laughs> uh, Google Play. And our website, uh, getyourfunk.com. That too. This has been a misinformed episode by your host, Kyle. <laughs> and your host, Peter. I also just want to randomly point out that um, I think it's funny that our, this podcast has gone on so long that when we first launched it, having a Facebook page was like, I feel like a pretty relevant thing for people to do, but mm. we've gone on so long that like, that's not really as much of a thing anymore. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, it still doesn't happen, but like, it's not, people don't flock to them in the way they used to. I was going to say, we need to get like a Twitter account or like a TikTok account or something. I, oh my God. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It does seem like more, I guess, people use Twitter as a way to reach out to their fan base as opposed to Facebook. You know, now that you say that, I feel like like way at the beginning of this, like when we started this podcast almost 10 years ago, I think I set up a Twitter account that like automatically like posted stuff from our Facebook page. Oh. And I think it might still exist, but I don't know. <laughs> I might have turned it off at some point. I'm not exactly sure. Oh no, we got banned from Twitter. <laughs> For misinformation. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Um, so yeah, if you if your listeners think that we should use a different social media site because Facebook is, I guess, only for people over the age of like forty five now, um, <laughs> uh, let us know on our Facebook page. <laughs> let us know on Facebook if we should stop using Facebook. And if you tweet at us, we'll have no idea because we don't even know whether that account exists. Um, exactly. And if you want to see Kyle twerking, um, tell us to open uh, a Funk Talk page. Funk Talk? Funk Talk? Yeah, that's hard to say. Um, yeah, I can upload small videos of me twerking for your enjoyment. Because I think that's what TikTok is, right? <laughs> uh, as far as I know. All right. Uh, I guess we can sign off. Uh, thanks for listening. You have been the listeners, and I have a feeling that you will be the listeners once again. Bye, we love you.